friends, I'm Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend. Welcome to the Simple on Purpose podcast. This is the podcast where I remind you to stop, slow down, breathe, like really take a deep breath. <laughs> Let's just slow down because I want you to stop where you are so you can pay attention. What's working? What's not? What will bring you a sense of purpose today? So I'm Shauna, you know me as your nerdy girlfriend. I have been coaching women since 2018 and I am a counselor in training, working on my certification. I'm also a mom of three kids. My kids, how old are they now? My oldest just turned 11, my middle is nine and my youngest is seven. So I am just here going through the motions of motherhood and marriage and life alongside you guys and just trying to share on the topics that come up for me. And this, this is a topic that has been in my drafts for a while. And then this morning, Connor was home and he gave me a suggestion for how I could handle some of our banking that we're working on. I do all of the finances and man, did my defenses go up over that. So I went to this notes file and I just started self-reflecting and adding more to this episode. So I want to open up with a story and it was a few years back. My husband came home from work and he said, how was your day? And I was like, oh, it's good. And he was quiet. And he said, you haven't said that it was good for a really long time. I'm not sure if I've shared this story before. I might have. But when he said that, I felt so embarrassed. I was really caught off guard about this. And I tried to think of like, well, what do I usually say? I asked him, what do I usually say? And he said, you usually say it's tough. And instantly I retorted with, it is tough. And then I caught myself because he really wasn't accusing me of anything, but I was getting really defensive. I was getting defensive because I felt like I shouldn't think it's tough or maybe um, because I shouldn't make him feel like I can't handle it or because maybe I was feeling like he's not really seeing how hard it can be or how hard I work at bringing the level of the day from the point where it's like mom's going for a timeout, Netflix will parent you to, all right, we're having a tough day. Let's see how we can manage. Like that takes a lot of effort to get from there to there. But I know enough when this happened, I know enough about my gut reactions to know that I need to sit with them. They're telling me something. I don't need to run away with that defensiveness. I know when I buy into that defensiveness, it is messy. And what's really happening is there's some emotions that I need to address. You might notice this too. When you feel like your spouse is judging you or criticizing or not seeing the good in you, when emotions come up. And I think it's also really important here to make the difference between assumed judgment and concrete judgment because most of the judgment we feel in most relationships is assumed. We feel insecure about something so we fill in the blanks and we elaborate what other people might be thinking, what they're implying. We start looking for proof that we're correct. We start acting from the story that we are being judged by them but it was all based on our assumption and I say it because that's the human experience. Like I have been there, especially in marriage, and I find myself there from time to time. When we feel like we're being judged, our defenses, they just shoot right up. So it's really important to know if you are being judged, the person needs to explicitly say, I'm judging you, I don't think you're good enough, or you're failing at that. Or you need to explicitly ask, which can just clear up a lot of drama in a relationship. When you say to your partner, I feel like maybe you have some judgment of me or maybe you're looking down on me for this am i am i sensing that right and so often they can just clarify like no that's not what i think and i will reflect this back to you because it was reflected back to me years ago in therapy it's probably what we think about ourselves that's probably more of the truth 
But in the moment, we're not aware of all this, right? It's just a threat to our reputation (laughs) and our ego starts steering the bus. It just jumps into the driver's seat. And so before I continue, I want to, I want to use the term ego, but I think I need to just differentiate what I mean when I say ego, because ego is where we have our sense of self identity. I am this, I am not that I like this. I don't like that. And I think Freud explained ego differently than how we understand it now as a culture. So When you look up Freud and he talks about id, super ego, ego, that ego is more of a mediator making decisions between our instincts and our super ego, like what our instincts are id want and what is culturally or morally acceptable to a person. But our more modern definition, in my opinion, of ego is another word for unhealthy pride or saving face or wanting to look good and and even wanting to be superior. The ego wants to believe that we are 100% awesome all of the time. So when there is a possibility that someone doesn't think that, our ego will step in, often with defensiveness. What do you do when you're defensive? How do you act? Maybe you underrate what others are doing, or maybe you overrate yourself. Maybe you stonewall them. We all do different things when we're feeling defensive. Or maybe it looks like we get fighting, we're offensive, we are judging, we are we are having biases toward them, we are making assumptions toward them. The ego lies, it manipulates, it pouts, it criticizes, the ego disconnects us. That's what the ego does, it separates us from others, it wants us to be put above. There's no partnership, there's no we, there's no common goal. But I'm not here to criticize the ego. I don't think the ego is really the problem so much as the goal of the ego. The goal is to make us look good all the time in all the ways, just like we wrestle with this idea that we should be happy all the time and happiness should be easy. I've got a link to an episode on that for you. If you're interested, check out the show notes. There's also that belief deep down inside about us too, that we should be awesome through and through. I mean, social media tells us how awesome we are. We are powerful. We are beautiful. We are strong and wise. And this is true, but it's part of the story. I've learned over the years to acknowledge that I am not good all the time. I know it's a shock, but neither are my kids or my parents or my partner or the leaders in our community or my friends. And neither are you. We aren't all good all the time. We try to hide these parts of ourselves though. Sometimes we are good. Sometimes we do things that are loving and kind and generous. Sometimes we do great, important things. Sometimes we aren't so quote unquote good. Sometimes we're selfish, judgmental, petty, jealous. We don't do enough of the things that matter. Sometimes it just all looks confusing because sometimes we act good so that others think we are good. And a side note here, this is my big problem with teaching our kids that there are good guys and bad guys, which is like such a common theme in TV shows and books. And it creates this structure where you want the good guy to win and the bad guy to be punished, to to even maybe perish. But sometimes good guys do bad things. Sometimes bad guys do good things. How do you know? How do you know who's good and bad? I mean, on TV, it's pretty clear. The good guys, they're handsome, maybe blonde, beautiful jawlines, right? They look really nice in how they dress. They're probably all dressed in white. The bad guys, oh, they're easy to spot. They have like scars on their face. They wear leather, black leather. (laughs) It's pretty easy to tell, isn't it? But that's not real life. You can't tell by looking at someone. 
go out into the real world. Who's good? Who's bad? Who's in the middle? It isn't black and white. All right, side note over. So the problem isn't the ego trying to protect us and make us look good. The problem is we want to hold to this belief that we are good all the time. We want to fight for it. We want others to see it. And it makes sense. It makes sense that we want this. After all, we get serotonin from the times that we feel like we are superior or we are special. We're proud of ourselves. I've referenced Loretta Bruning before. She's a PhD who has written on the different neurotransmitters in our bodies and their job and how we can use them. One of her books really opened my eyes. It was called Tame Your Anxiety. She has a new book out. It's so great. It's called Habits of the Healthy Brain. Yes, Habits of a Happy Brain. I'll link those both in the show notes. But she explains that serotonin has helped us over the generations to gain advantage and to be accepted by our tribe. But now in this modern world, we're looking around, we're comparing ourselves, and if we see we're at a disadvantage, we perceive we're at a disadvantage, it doesn't have to be actual genuine disadvantage, then we seek to put ourselves in this one-up position. We seek out things that help us get serotonin. And I also think here it's worth noting that there's a big difference in wanting to be superior in our social relationships versus wanting to maintain positive relationships. Like, we will reach out and make amends if our friend thinks we have hurt them. We are going to want our friends to think well of us. But we don't need to be superior in that relationship, if you can see the difference there. So all in all, I think the ego is not the problem. It's why the ego is triggered. Like someone sees something in me that's not good. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Here I am buying into that culture that we have to be all good all the time. It's like, don't hate the play. I hate the game. Because the game says we have to be 100% good. So no, we are not 100% awesome. But flip that around. We are not 100% bad. When we view ourselves as bad, when we view ourselves as insufficient, as inferior, we are in a state of shame. And unfortunately, shame can be an effective motivator at adjusting how we show up and what we do. But really, I believe that positive change in our lives comes from positive motivation. So whatever you're doing out of shame, it probably does not feel positive deep down in your heart. So if it could be true that we are not 100% good or 100% bad, what can this mean? Do we have to fight to look well and be right and have our partner never even entertain the possibility that there's a negative aspect to us? No, we can own it. We can be humble. We can say, yeah, I do struggle with that. Or yeah, you're right. I see it too. Or man, I never thought of it that way. We can start to own it. No, I am not always chill. I am not always happy. Things are not always easy. I do not always have this on lockdown. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I'm oversensitive. Sometimes I'm anxious. That is me. But the other side of the coin again, that can be exciting because then we can also acknowledge what's awesome. When we acknowledge what is good and awesome, it makes us less resistant of the hard and the not so good, right? Because when we can acknowledge our good, without being like, oh, it was just like a lucky chance or like, yeah, but I'm also really bad at these other things. No, when we can step into that and fully own it without minimizing it, then it really takes us off the hook. It takes us off the hook of performing for others to fill in all those blanks, to tell us how awesome we are. We don't need validation from others that we are good. We can start validating ourselves. Like, hey, I'm proud of me. I did 10 squats today. I'm proud of me for being patient when my day was really hard and we were all really struggling in the home and I decided to just give us all a time out and refresh. Like, I'm proud of me for doing that. 
I'm proud of me that I volunteered to help out with this thing. I showed up, I showed up with my whole heart. So when we allow the awesome that is there to be there, we can kind of reduce the pressure that we need to be on all the time. If we don't expect 100% from ourselves, there's less hustle. There's more peace. We can just be. Sometimes I'm awesome, sometimes I'm not. And if my partner thinks I'm awesome and sometimes not, I want him to get, I want to give him permission to feel that way, to think that way rather than fight him on it. I don't need to prove to him how awesome I am all the time because I am not awesome all the time. And ideally in a marriage, we're going to focus on the good. We're going to overlook one another's faults to some extent in order to preserve our marriage. Not talking about ignoring red flags, my friends. <laughs> not talking about that. But just, you know, like the run-of-the-mill flaws and faults that we have. And if I can sit back in the knowledge that I'm, I'm, you know, good and bad, I'm hard and awesome, and so are they. And we can be honest about it. We can be humble about that. There is an easing in the relationship rather than a fight in the relationship. And like I said, if we can focus on that positive, if we can encourage one another, if we can speak into that, then there is support and love there despite our flaws and our faults. So I really started thinking about all of this um, idea from Jody Moore for one, but mostly from the game we play at the table with the kids. It's called Hard and Awesome. I've shared it on Instagram before. So Hard and Awesome, we usually do it at dinner time or maybe at bedtime. And we ask what was hard today, what was awesome. And we go around the table and our kids share one thing that was hard in their day and one thing that was awesome. And we have a discussion about it. And I think this is really important because on one hand, it reduces the stigma of hard things. So if they're talking about it, if they're sharing it, especially in front of their siblings, which can be very, very vulnerable for them, then we don't have to kind of manage those heavy emotions and the resistance and the shame we feel about it. We can bring it out into the light and often feel some sense of validation that we've shared it and someone sees the hardship that we're going through. This also permits some of our day to not be awesome. Like how often do we go through our whole day thinking the whole day has to be good? And if it doesn't good, the whole thing's derailed, like start over. But when we can start to approach our day as, yeah, some of this day is going to be hard. Some of it's going to be awesome. We can really let go of that hustle. And we can allow some of the really awesome things back in. Because when we're focusing on the hard, we minimize the awesome. We're not getting 100% of the awesome that is available to us. It also, this conversation also helps us really make the note of the good things and celebrate them together and really savor them and like imprint them into our brains. Most importantly, it shows us that these two things exist together in the day, in life, in people, in every single experience. An interesting thing I've noticed is that sometimes the same thing that is hard in their day is the same thing that is awesome and man when that happens it just like blows my mind because they are holding those two things at the same time and they are like yes this was hard and it was awesome and i just think that those are sometimes the best things the challenging things the places that you grow so we don't have to live on one end of the scale good or bad hard or awesome we don't have to live in that land where things are hard and there's shame and invalidation and the ego is just constantly defending us we also don't have to live in the awesome where we demand a hundred percent perfect happy hustling avoiding of the negative we get to be in the middle we get to live in the middle we get to be hard and awesome and we get to allow others to be hard and awesome as well
that might be the next episode because that is hard to do as well. <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks so much for coming in this week. Stop by on Instagram. I've been asking questions in my stories and sharing your responses. I'm, I'm just really excited about the conversation that is happening there. We've had some recent conversations about kids and cell phones. We had a really fun conversation the other day about how we defined womanhood when we were young. So that's become a place where I just really like to connect with you and chat with you and hear what you have to say. My Instagram is at simpleonpurpose.ca. All right, friends, have a great week.